Hi, I'm Jeannie Becker. Welcome to Beyond Style Matters. I've spent decades working in fashion's trenches, seen the best and the worst of human style, and had the opportunity to get up close and personal with some of the world's most intriguing characters. What I've learned about truly great style is that it goes far beyond what we wear. It's about the way we move through the world. On this episode, I talk to iconic Canadian crooner Michael Bublé. Whether you're a hopeless romantic or just appreciate phenomenal talent, you're likely a fan of the suave and charming Michael Bublé, a proud Canadian whose unprecedented success as an international music icon sounds like somewhat of a fairy tale. The 45-year-old crooner was born in Burnaby, B.C., where he still makes his home with his beautiful wife, Louisiana, and their three young children. Michael started dreaming of becoming a famous singer at the age of two, and by the age of five, became a jazz fan, thanks to his grandfather. Discovered 20 years ago by hot producer David Foster at the wedding of Prime Minister Brian Mulroney's daughter Caroline, Michael was subsequently signed to Foster's record label, and the rest is pop music history. Ten studio albums later, and an impressive stash of awards, Michael Bublé has proved that he's the real deal, a big-hearted artist who's adamant about authenticity and remaining true to himself. He's also mindful of what's really important in life. When his oldest son, Noah, was diagnosed with liver cancer in 2016 at the age of three, Michael put his career on hold so that he could be with his family. Happily, Noah recovered, and Michael got back on track. I personally always associated Michael with Christmas. His holiday recordings and TV specials have brought so much joy over the years. And now he's even got his own fragrance called By Invitation to put under the tree. When it comes to great personal style, this guy's got it in spades. And it honestly goes far beyond the slick way he dresses. It's all about his attitude and how he chooses to live his life. Michael Bublé, welcome to this episode of Beyond Style Matters. <laughs> and if ever there was a perfect person to put on this particular podcast, it's you, baby, really, because oh, Michael, thank you. your style... Uh, really transcends so far beyond the sartorial. Um, the way you've moved through your life thus far, the way you uh, managed to, to capture people and touch people, uh, you, just, you just, you have great style. Is that you. you're, very, yeah, you're very sweet. You're making me blush. Thank you. Likewise. Tell me a little bit about the way your grandfather inspired you and, and sure. ever since you were a kid, you had this dream that really was nurtured by your family and, and, and people really helped elevate you, support you. It takes people a lifetime sometimes to find their calling. You found mm -hmm. it pretty early on. Yeah, I was so lucky. I mean, I, I was so lucky. My mom and dad knew, uh, my grandma and grandpa knew that this is who I, what I wanted. And even just as a really young kid, I would tell them, you know, I remember being 15 and saying to my grandfather, who he was the one who had introduced me to a lot of the music, to Dino and Elvis and Frank and all that. And I said, you know, Grandpa, this is what I want to do. I love this. I think I can do it. And he would go and take me to these clubs. And he was a plumber. And he would say, listen, 
you know, can my grandson come in this, the club tonight and play? And they'd say, listen, no, drinking age is 19. The kid can't come in. And he would say, look, if you let me, I'll, I'll fix all your, you know, your toilets and I'll come into the kitchen and I'll, I'll do the garburetor and the kit, you know, then you, and he would, he would basically trade for them to let me come in. So, um, you know, there was so much love and so many nights where I was at so many nightclubs. And if it hadn't been for my family, for aunts and uncles and cousins and brothers and my sisters and uh, the place would have been dead, just dead. And, uh, I think about all, all those people, not just my family, but friends. And, you know, you know, obviously uh, every success story has a million mothers and fathers, you know, and, uh, and failures are, are uh, an orphan. Mm. And, uh, it was no difference with me. And so I, I try to remember that, you know, when I, when I see young people coming along and get, trying to catch a break and it's, it's actually pretty heartbreaking right now because it's been really hard for any young artist in any, in any sort of, whether it's film or music. Um, but you know, they'll get their chance to, it's just not yeah. meant to, to be the way it is. It'll, it'll, it will happen. You know, your Canadianism is something that you have really um, been proud of and, and you've made our whole nation proud, you know, of you in, in the way that you've really, you know, gone out there and made no apologies for the fact that you were a Canadian. And in fact, uh, you make us believe that, you know what? Yes, everything, world domination is possible, you know, if, <laughs> but Canadians, because I mean, when I was growing up, it really yeah. wasn't like that. I thought, oh yes. my God, all those big, rich, fancy people, you know, south of the border, they were the ones that were going to, you know, inherit the earth. Canadians just never really seemed to, to have that kind of a chance. But you, uh, is, was that ever, a, a, and, and you live in Canada, you've remained here. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't leave. Yeah. Freaking fabulous. Really freaking <laughs> so, Tell that to my accountant. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about uh about being a Canadian at this particular uh oh, time? So and so proud. You know, one of the great honestly, one of the great moments of this last year was watching Trudeau, knowing that he he was one of the first to congratulate uh, Biden. I mean, that tells you a lot right there. And um I just, uh, it meant a lot to me. And, and I look at, I look at sort of in my sort of genre of say music, man, we're, we're just, it's so great. I mean, we have so many inc- incredible, incredible people. I can go down the list of, we have Jan Arden and, and Murray and Justin Bieber and Drake. I mean, people are, they're killing it. They truly are killing it with, I mean, nationally and internationally. Um, I can keep going down the list. It's amazing, actually, just to watch. Um, and I, I mean, I'm so Canadian in a way that when I talk to my American friends, I'm always, I'm always a bragger about, uh, you know, I'll be watching. <laughs> I just did it the other day. I was with my kids watching Toy Story and with my own kids. The, I was the kid, the Keanu Reeves was playing a character in the Toy Story cartoon. I said, no, he's Canadian. You know, that's a Canadian. <laughs> so I, I, <laughs> I, I, I find myself uh, doing that a lot. Um, there's something really special about being Canadian, isn't there, though? Um, and it's funny, for all the jokes about how, you know, how we seem to lack certain distinction, we, how, you know, what is our national food or what is our national dress? Is it Mounties and, and syrup and poutine? Um, we are so, so uh, special. We are so unique. Um, our humor, our history, is in, and it's funny, we... We often, in our very self-deprecating way, joke about how 
uh, how boring our politics are. We are not boring. Canada is an incredibly exciting place with exciting history. Uh, socially, it's exciting. Um, I feel like we we really have made great impacts on on the whole world, and and most of the time, it's really positive. So um, on that, I won't go. I mean, this is my my would I ever go? Why would I ever go? Why would I ever leave these people? And even when I go out onto the street here in Vancouver. Um, it's funny because people will say like, they'll come up and meet me and they'll say, Oh, it must drive you crazy. And I, I swear, I just think, man, one day people aren't going to give a damn. And, uh, I'm so excited that you want my picture. Please, God, please keep wanting my picture. I am so with you. 150%. I know that. That's the, yeah, that's the day you worry when they. Yeah. My grandpa would always say to me, sunshine one day, they won't give a sh. Yeah. To talk about uh, superficial style, I mean, this is something as a performer, as someone who, uh, you know, gets out on stage and, and wows people in uh, in various ways. One of the things that I'm sure you do have to think about to some degree mm. is about the way you look. Although I think you, you told uh, James Corden when you did that brilliant carpool yeah. karaoke thing with him yeah. that you didn't ever care about the way you looked. I mean, that wasn't yeah. something that mattered to you, but... yeah. When did you have to start maybe caring a little bit about the way you were dressing? You know, I think I'm pretty lucky uh, from the aspect. It's not fair either. Uh, but being a man is a lot different than being a woman. And I think that men are allowed, you know, or at least in the past, I think things are getting better and a little healthier in, in terms of body image and, and what you wear. Um, I think in a really positive, very cool way, I think that what's becoming really more sexy is someone who really is comfy in who they are. And it doesn't matter if they're a little chubby or too skinny or tall or their nose is big or small. Uh, and I, I really like that. I like the direction that that's going. I think it's many times it's so deep within us and it's a systematic that, um, we, we, we're, we're shallow. You know, we look at, we, we look at those things and I've been really lucky as a man that I could be, chunky or skinny and I certain whatever I think more than how I look especially now is that when this pandemic started to hit uh, I would have I have so many friends that are doctors being through what we were through with my son and um, they called me and they said listen if you're not in shape now is a time where it will never be as important to be in shape to have your body healthy. I, actually, it's funny. I had a conversation with Paul Anka really, really early on in the pandemic. And he said to me, he said, hey, Mike, he said, are you, how are you looking? I says, I'm okay. He says, you, you, you're doing the gym and stuff. And I said, well, why, Paul? And he said, because you need, you need to be healthy. He said, because if you get this, you need to be able to battle it. And he said, you got to do it for your kids. And I just read, it had a big impact on me. And I just thought, you know what? I got three beautiful babies and I want to be an old man. And uh, so I started hitting the gym and, and I love it. I, actually, weirdly, I really like it. I really love it. And, uh, and it's amazing when you go to the gym that you get skinnier. Who knew? <laughs> well, eating has a lot to do with it, though. I mean, it's what you put in. Yeah, yeah of course. Of course, eating has a lot to do with it. But I don't think I changed my, my eating that much. I think the difference in 
whether I go up or down is a lot to do now with going to the gym. So and wow. it's weird. I never thought in my life that I would ever enjoy because for me, it was always, oh, God, there's a record coming out. It should probably be able to fit in my suits again. And uh, but now it's become a different thing. That's cool. And you get to work out a lot of your probably frustrations too with the gym. That yeah. You know, what's crazy is that there's so, I mean, I got three kids and there's no, we have no nanny. And so, um, wow. we're just, we're just, it's just us. And they're, they're at tough ages, you know, two and four and seven. So, um, I need to go to the gym cause I need to have energy to, <laughs> to just keep up to them because they are, it is never, it never stops and what's funny is you know there's no other kids to play with there because of covid there it's us i am the kid to play with so uh, <laughs> my wife and i both have to keep keep at our at our at kind of our, our most fit yeah that's so great though because kids are going to keep you young all the time you know oh, without a doubt without or a doubt. age you prematurely sometimes you know <laughs> i'm gonna look like I'm going to look like an American president for you. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the older your kids get, the more you worry about them. I mean, for me, and it just, oh, you know, when they're yeah. small, you can kind of control their world to a certain degree. And then one yes. day fly the coop. And yes. Bye-bye. It's funny, you know, I've had, we've had a really, it's, it's been a tender time to explain COVID to them, especially my seven-year-old. I just have to really take into consideration his fear, his anxiety. You know, my four-year-old, not so much. He sort of still doesn't quite get it. But my seven-year-old, he knows. He gets it. He can see the the fear in our eyes and uh, the seriousness of the matter. And so it's really hard to to be honest with, with him, but at the same time, be gentle. You know, it's a really weird thing. And you just don't always know what to say. But Noah has really uh, been through a lot. I mean, I'm sure this is like, he's probably, you know, going on 30 with uh what he's been through or or i don't know i mean is he i i know my partner's no. um daughter is a three-time yeah. cancer survivor young yeah. daughter yeah. um i mean she's like in her 20s now but she first had it when she was a kid and then again and, again. and um she's like an old soul just mm. from what she's had to endure do you I find that with noah uh you know i think we were lucky at the age that he went through it i think um I don't think he carries the weight of it in that way. I think he was just young enough where he didn't quite understand. But then, listen, I, I also, now whether I was right or wrong doing this, I don't know, but um, there's a movie called Life is Beautiful. Oh. Roberto Benigni. And he's, he's uh, in Auschwitz and, and he's with his, his son. And he's in the movie, if you haven't seen it, he's basically trying to get through this incomparable, incomparably terrible time. And, um, and you know, that is very much how I went through that time with, with my family. And it was, you know, just really trying to make the best out of a rotten situation. And so I think, I think it worked. I think it's, um, and it's funny too, even when I hear Noah talk about COVID now, he speaks about it like it's a person. And I always laugh because he always wants to kick its butt. I want to get, I'm going to go and I'm going to karate chop COVID and I'm going to get, you know, and he, he sees COVID as a, as kind of a bad guy, as opposed to a virus, which of course he doesn't understand the virus. He's right. But COVID is the enemy, you know, kind of the invisible enemy. Absolutely. Yeah. Captain COVID, uh, bad guy. It's it's cute. It's cute to hear him, you know, um, (laughs) 
um, it's cute, you know. And sometimes when I'm on the street with him and people come up for a picture, he'll be really protective of me. And he'll say, social distance, you know. <laughs> My poppy will take a photo, but social distance. So it's cute. It's very cute. Okay, now, I, I, just before we go, I'd be remiss not to ask you about your uh, beautiful new scent. And I know we don't want to talk, you know, specifics <laughs> uh, about it necessarily, because it's just, it's not like you're the, you know, the, the parfumer that, that put it together yeah, necessarily. Yeah. But the fact that you, uh, yeah, the nose, right? <laughs> That's what they call them, the nose. Yeah. But the fact that you, um, I mean, I don't, the way I'm, I'm interpreting it, and you can tell me if this is what it's like for you. Sure. It's like, you, you know, you, you touch people in so many ways. There's so many people who, have, you know, are inspired by you, not only just your music, but just by you as a person and, and what you represent to them. This is a way of maybe giving them a, another little part of you. Is that how, how you feel? The fact that you would, you know, put something in I a love, bottle with your name on it? I love how you set up the question. You were so careful to make sure that you didn't put me under the bus. And I appreciate it because the funny part about it is I wanted nothing to do with it. And that is the truth. My manager called. He said, listen, this fragrance company has come. They want to do this thing. I said, no, I have no intention of doing that, Bruce. I said, I find it cringy. Uh, and I said, they're not going to put my name on something and sell it. And it's not happening. I don't need it. We don't need the money. Uh, we don't need to do this. And he said to me, well, kid, what if you could go? What if you could get on a flight, go to New York, and you go with the perfumers, and you could make this? I said, you know what, Bruce? That's a different story. He said, I have no idea what I'm doing, though. So I went down. I got on a plane. I flew to New York. I met all the perfumers. And for two days, I went to the factory or the whatever they call it, the where the chemist's warehouse. And uh, I drove them nuts. And it was the best because they were these very <laughs> grumpy French people. Very sweet, but... You know what I mean? When I would I would say the wrong thing and I would say like, oh, I really like it to smell like, and they would go like, this is not the way that you do it. <laughs> but I had to make sure that I was involved in every step of the way, not only with how it smelled, but even the packaging. I drove them nuts. They came, I was shooting a commercial for the fragrance and they walked in and I said, guys, this this bottle is, is not right. You know what I mean? It wasn't what we designed. Um, man, I took it took me months to just come up with the name. Yeah. You know, it, it, so I really, I was really aware of the trust that I built with um, people all over the world. And I didn't want to lose it for some, for some cash for, because they're going to give you a contract. Every single brand that I had been, uh, that we'd been married to were the most, I mean, honestly, the greatest brands in the world. I mean, I, when I started, I was one of the first faces of Starbucks for, for now 15 years, I've been the ambassador to, Ro to Rolex. Uh, obviously I, I'm a, the, the uh, face of, of Pepsi bubbly and soda stream. And these are beautiful brands. And when you, you walk with the ducks and talk like the ducks, people will assume you you're a duck. And so I wanted this to be, uh, I wanted it to be great, you know, the fragrance and more importantly than any of this, my mom and my wife love it. And now when they love it, then I know that I have done the right thing. You know, you to me, um, are so emblematic of the Christmas spirit. Maybe it's just because your music <laughs> is my favorite Christmas music to it's listen the, it's to. It's the Christmas tree behind so, me. Yeah, and that, and <laughs> then I see this Christmas tree over your uh, right yeah. shoulder here, which is uh, uh, quite brilliant. You know, um, it's going to be a different, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very different kind of Christmas this year, I think, wanting to be with people that we just can't be with. And yep. how, how are you, how are you planning on celebrating it? What, what, what are you, 
telling yourself to well to here in your- vancouver here in vancouver we can feel the crunch coming and we can feel that our government and our healthcare specialists have I think are trying to butter us up. I, I feel like that. This is just me talking. I'm just a, a Burnaby resident who uh, I, I really, I feel like they're doing the best they can, but all the doctors and healthcare specialists that I talk to tell me that they think this is probably the beginning of, of a little longer lockdown. Uh, and so we're just going to have to find a different way. You know, I'm not going to get to have the big dinner and the kids aren't going to have to, their friends over. Um, but we're going to have to find a different way. And it, it's funny, my wife and I, we talk, I talk about it a lot. We talked about it a few mornings ago and I, we woke up and I said, you know, kid, I said, we are actively going to have to work on a different mindset. You know, we can control how we feel about this and how the people in our lives feel about this. And so however we have to do that, whatever games we have to play with our minds, we, we must play the game. We must make the shift mentally to really be positive. Okay, you know, it's not going to be the same, but don't worry because we're going to have this. And maybe we can play bingo uh, on, you know, on on, uh, on a Zoom call with everybody. Just just anything to try to, you know, figure out a way to to get through it. And, you know, Christmas really, this, this holiday couldn't come at a better time because I think right now people need the spirit of hope. And that's what Christmas is, right? You know, not for, not for you know, for you know, for some, obviously Christmas is celebrating the birth of, of Christ, you know, but for so many others, it's not for so many others. It's, uh, it's a holiday that just means hope to them and love and, um, uh, and, and, you know, the hope of a brighter future. And so, um, you know, I think we really need it. I mean, I'm excited to hear the music on the, the radio. I'm excited to see the lights up because whether you like it or not, or you're cynic about it or not, it just happens to be a time of the year where people just are better to each other mm-hmm. and kinder. And um, we definitely could use that right now. If you've ever listened to Michael Bublé's music, it's pretty obvious that he is a hopeless romantic. So I wasn't surprised in the least to learn that he was launching his own fragrance line, one meant to represent the same sentiments as his music. Feelings of love, romance, and passion. Michael admits he's no expert in fragrance composition. He just knows the way he would love a woman to smell. And he must have great taste, as the two most important women in his life, his wife, Louisana, and mother, Amber, have given the fragrance their seal of approval. Michael Bublé's By Invitation signature fragrance is now at TSE. Shop his entire collection online at tsc.ca. Today's shopping choice. I know it's very much a matter of it for all of us now, day by day, like, yeah, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. We hope we pray, but you know, it's always just getting up, getting through it. Just how do you, uh, how do you hang in there? How do you keep going? What is it that, that keeps you moving forward through this uh, wacky world, Michael? I don't, I don't, I have terrible days. just like you do. Just like everybody does. I have days where I'm full on depressed and scared and frustrated and sad. Uh, And, you know, 
I thank God I got a beautiful lady who loves me, my wife and my my family, and that my kids can pull me out of the funk sometimes. Uh, and that's what we do for each other. And uh, I've been telling everybody I know that right now, there, it has never been so important to pick up your phone and call people. And even if you feel like you're driving them nuts, you know what? People that might seem so strong to you, uh, you know, may not have a strong constitution as you think they do. And it's so important to drive them nuts. Pick up the phone. Hey, I love you. Thinking about you. What are you doing? How are you doing? And because even though you might feel like you're a pain, you don't know. They really may need that call. You know what I mean? And and I think something that we, we're starting to talk about is mental health and I think COVID has really opened up the door to this to this conversation more than it, and and it needed to. And I mean, I, I hate to say that there's any positive thing about COVID, but uh, if there is, it's it's that it's that conversation that you know, yeah. there's you know people that are scared and alone, and they're already dealing with you know mental health issues. And call them, pick up the phone, call them, drive them nuts, Zoom with them, bring your kids. You know, have them say, you know, join me for dinner. Come on, sit with me on Zoom and have a dinner with me. Because I think it, you might save somebody's life, you know. And um, I think that, and, and as we get into the Christmas season, which is sad for so many people, maybe they lost somebody, maybe, they, you know what I mean? It's a lonely time for a lot of people, but I think it's really important that we do that. How, by the way, how are, how are you doing through all of this? I'm hanging, hanging in and hanging on some days. Yeah, it's a scary ride some days for sure. I get these no great waves of sadness. What about you? I think, well, I think, you know, Jeannie, everybody, it's funny. I, I don't feel like we can't talk about those real things because I think everybody, I think it's the first time in history, truly, that every single human being in the world feels the exact same way. I mean, we all are, it's, you know, the, the universe, God, the Lord, whatever you want to call it, gives human beings. Uh, uh, a sound mind, uh, compassion, love. And it's amazing that when we get scared, how quickly those things disappear. They disappear. And we start to really, you know, get inside ourselves and worry about ourselves. And so I don't think it's, it's, I don't think it's depressing at all for us to, to be honest. I think it just, I think it actually gives people peace and they think, my God, you know, they feel it too. Those are people that you know, I admire, I, I watch and I'm, man, I'm not alone in this. And I think, um, I was so excited yesterday when they talked about the vaccine because mm. it, there was this hope, oh my God, finally there's, you know, we have Fauci talking, you know, or who, you know, these epidemiologists, doctors actually talking about it in a positive way. It's, there's, it's not about left or right wing. It's, it's about, it's a human story. And I thought, you know, I was in a better mood and, and I thought, man, this is great. Christmas is coming. And my kids, mm -hmm. my kids, you know, are going to see a dad who's a lot happier because we all have those days, you know, just those days. Yeah. Where, what is but it's, uh, it's pretty relative, isn't it? Like, you know, I mean, I often talk about my parents. My parents are Holocaust survivors. So like, I mean, yeah. I, the stories I heard growing up about the hardships they had to endure and what the world was like, you know, back then. On some levels, I feel, how dare I complain? This isn't that bad. I mean, I'm still living, you know, in totally. a beautiful house and, and I have all these creature comforts and, totally. you know. It is. It's, I think it's never been as important today as it is today to, to have perspective. And I think that um, it's, it's uh, there are so many people out there who I have friends who have lost people. I mean, it's just crazy. But, um, yeah. you know, my family's good and, and, and my kids are, are healthy and, 
for me. I just, uh, I just, I say to my kids all the time, you know, we have to be grateful. We have to be grateful. We really have to concentrate on making a daily effort to, to count our blessings because this pandemic just showed us how fragile, not just life is, but how fragile our mentality is. Mm. You know, it's just our mental health. And I mean, the strongest of us who never thought that we could be broken have all of a sudden been broken. How has this era affected you as an artist, creatively speaking? Have you felt more creative uh, or maybe a little less so? No, I think I've been more creative. I think I've been more inspired to to do things. And what's funny is there's a frustration that comes with it because as inspired as I am to do the work, logistically to actually set up the infrastructure to get it done has become an impossibility. There is no, there is no getting musicians into a studio. There's no putting... You know, in my case, uh, getting a beautiful orchestra together, it's it's done. There's no such thing. Uh, obviously, touring, uh, but again, perspective is the key word because um, there are so many people who are dealing with so, uh, you know, uh, so, so difficult, such difficult things. And, and uh, you know, God, I love music and I love touring and I love, but really in the scheme of things, it's just not that important. And, uh, you know, again, that's going to be our, our like Sesame Street word of the day is, <laughs> is perspective. Oh, Michael, one thing I can say about you if, you, if you're nothing else at all, you definitely are authentic. And uh, I guess that's what uh, your whole exercise with creating a scent uh, was all about. You craved an authenticity. You went for it. You got it. I can't wait to sniff it myself. Yeah, and listen, if if you don't like it, it's all my fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. What a delight you have been. Thank you so, Thank so you. much for uh, your generosity of spirit and for all the beautiful ways that uh, you've touched us over the years. And we hope Thank to you. see and hear a lot this more is of a, you. Yeah, I've enjoyed the conversation slash therapy. It's been really good. <laughs> Thanks for being Happy on. holidays. Thanks for listening. New episodes of Beyond Style Matters will be coming at you each and every week. To see video versions of the podcasts, check out tsc.ca slash stylematters. Till next time, I'm Jeannie Becker.